Josh Show, episode 31. And since we started this, we always try to keep a brand. You know, we don't we keep we keep things. Oh, we never get political on the Coleman Joe Show. We always say the same thing. We go into the weekend, but for the first time, we're gonna have to get it kind of political. Just kidding. We're never gonna get political on the Coleman Joe Show. This is. <laughs> Was that your expert joke that you wanted to start off with? Thought of for a couple of days. This is the- <laughs> you thought of that for two days to say we're not. We're, we're going to have to get political. Just kidding. <laughs> Psych. No, we never get to a show. That isn't even a funny joke. It's not a laughing matter. That's <laughs> yeah, inappropriate. But how, how have you been, Joe? What have you been up to for the past couple of days? I've not done much. Um, my sister got to come home, like, officially for the first time um, since she, like, she was allowed to from Pittsburgh, which is cool. Um, had some cross-country about an hour ago. Was... It was all right. I've done better. Mm-hmm. I've done. Um, I've been really like, and I've been really like into the sports lately. I know I was talking about it before. Reading a lot of NBA articles, reading a lot of NFL articles. Um, I'm really excited for the Steelers season to start on the 14th. So, yes, yes. What have I been up to? I've I've been heading up the rec center with my buddy, going to play some basketball, getting getting the, getting that work in. Uh, my cousin had a gender reveal party because he's having a kid. So I went went to that on Saturday, I I think. But you know, eventful weekend, I guess. Fun times, just chilling out. But uh, yeah, I played like a lot of ping pong and just like messed around a lot yeah. lately. Yeah, but, you know, I've also been watching a lot of basketball. Uh, uh, we stick with the basketball, especially playoff time. I, one of my favorite players, Jimmy Butler, with a <laughs> sweep. Sorry, Joe. Joe's a Pacers fan. If you didn't know, I mean, the the Heat just sweep the Pacers tonight. Yeah, it's. Yeah, we 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 talked about this off show, but you can't expect to win much when there's yeah when there's six guys scoring on your whole entire team. Yeah, or when you're facing Jimmy G buckets, yeah. you may it's, not win. You know, I knew we weren't gonna win. No NBA team has ever came back from a three zero deficit. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, teams have come back from three one deficits. Three, I thought I, I meant to say three zero. Oh, three zero. I don't know. I, yeah, I, okay. I saw that. That's that's something I saw that like. No team has ever came back from from losing three straight in a, in a series like that. So yeah, sad to see. But what's well, the a lot of injuries. But yeah, yeah, you can't blame them. Uh, it would have been definitely been a lot more competitive in the series. Say Oladipo doesn't go down game one, or Sabonis plays the series. Who knows what could happen there? But yeah. would have been a lot of fun series. Poor Sabonis. He, he finally like he was coming back into the bubble when he was going to get to play some, and. Uh, <laughs> He didn't even yeah. get a shot, so yeah, rip. that's a rip. But that's just how the NBA goes, I guess. That's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sad, but very. I guess some news happened. Some, I'm yeah. very happy. Yeah, we got one. I'll save it for a little for the end for maybe the last piece of news. Best, best for last. Best yeah. for last. You know how we operate here. So last episode to start it off with here, we reported about Melvin Ingram sitting out training camp for some period of time because of contract disputes. He is back. He is back practicing, returned to training camp. He got the L.A. Chargers to guarantee his salary for this season, which if that's the reason, maybe that was the reason that he was holding out in full. We don't know. Maybe he wants a new contract altogether. We're not 100% sure. All we know is that he doesn't like the contract that he had. Maybe this will resolve it. Maybe it won't. Who knows? But obviously, it's a big deal for L.A. to have him back back in that starting unit, back working and and getting acquainted with that team. Uh Per usual, I forgot to turn on my Do Not Disturb mode to you guys with the headphones on. Probably just got a little bit. 
<laughs> I didn't even hear anything that time. That's good. That's good. Maybe it's maybe it's silent. But so what do we have? The the Kansas City Chiefs um have banned Indian headdresses and Indian face paint in their games because of all the things in the media now. With there were Washington's football team's name change against away from the Redskins. You can see that was the right time. They're banning Indian headdresses and face paint. And the thing that that I'm interested in, they may ban the famous coveted Kansas City Chiefs chop, oh, the axe chop that they always do. If you got, I, you guys can't see me, but Joe knows. It's yeah. like an iconic staple of of Kansas City. Every chant they do at every Kansas City game, they do the chop, and that's just like part of the ritual. So if they ban that. That's just kind of crazy. That's they're gonna have to find something new. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that'll be a little bit sad to see that go. But everybody knows. I'm not a Chiefs fan, but everybody can get down to to doing the axe chop while Red Kingdom is playing. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's a good. That'd be a good time. That'd be a good time there. So speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, a guy that I love on my underrated players list, Bashad Breland has been suspended four games. Um, we, we saw it coming. The suspension was put on the table a few months ago. He's been trying to appeal it. He lost the appeal, officially suspended four games. He was caught by the police with marijuana, and then he had re- arrest, resisting arrest charges against him. A lot of stuff going on there. Obviously, the NFL doesn't punish for marijuana at this point, but I'm sure if you get arrested for it, then they're going to punish it because you were obviously doing something you weren't supposed to. Um, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, that that's big for Kansas City. He was probably their number one corner. So yeah, that's a big loss. But still, the Super Bowl winner in my book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I'll I'll discuss my Super Bowl winner in a little bit. We'll see. Um, <laughs> we've got. I'm gonna go here. Keyshawn Vaughn, our rookie running back, drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season, slated to be kind of a one-two punch with Ronald Jones before the season started. Uh, but, of course, we know the Buccaneers brought in LaShawn Shady McCoy. Head coach Bruce Arian says that as of right now, Keyshawn Vaughn has no big role in the offense as of early in training camp. He's not getting first-team reps, and uh, he just doesn't have a big role with that offense currently. He said that could change, but as of now, the guys are Ronald Jones at one and then Shady McCoy, which is interesting. Um, I guess they're kind of in win-now mode. Obviously, Tom Brady is a starting quarterback. They're not necessarily looking towards the future. If they believe Shady McCoy is a better option for now, then do with that as you may. But it's just strange. I definitely thought Keyshawn Vaughn was going to have some sort of large role. Yeah, especially youth is such a um, a big thing with the running back position. So mm-hmm. what you're saying, uh, yeah. So um, this one, next piece of news. I'm going to give our condolences. Ron Rivera, Reds or not Redskins, Washington Football Team head coach has been diagnosed with lymph node cancer. Um, it is, they caught it in its early stages. Um, they're going to be able to give him some treatments, and it looks like he's going to be all fine. We're just going to gonna send him our, our, our thoughts and prayers there. Condolences for, for the main man, Ron Rivera, down there in Washington. Yes, that's, he's a good coach, so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He, he said it's very readable, so that's yeah. always good. Mm-hmm. But now the piece of news that you've all, been waiting for um maybe you came from the instagram post that joe that joe made nice nice little edit there on the instagram go check it out give it a like if you want um the the main piece of news since we've been there earl thomas uh we know earl thomas for one we didn't report on it last episode but the 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 full story 
I'll give you the full story here of Earl Thomas. Obviously, we know in the big earlier in the offseason, we did report on this. Earl Thomas had a crazy incident where he had a gun held to his head by his ex-wife because he was in some situations with his brother that he was should not have been in in cheating on his wife. Um, crazy stuff there that went down. Big news story. Okay, that happens. And then just recently, he got into a fight in training camp with other safety, Chuck Clark on the other side over on botched coverage or something of the sort. Video was released of that. The Ravens had to send him home. All the news came out. The Ravens were going to have probably be moving on from Earl Thomas. They were not able to trade him. Sadly, Earl Thomas has just been playing out cut. Um, crazy news there, obviously. And my, I don't remember where Joe had him ranked. I had him as a top five safety. Um, I think Joe did too. Did you? Yes, I did. I did. Okay. That, I figured. That, that, that's kind of nuts. Top five positional player. Just on the mark. Gets cut. Obviously, you don't see that very often. Earl Thomas. So, so we're going to give... At least I'm, I'm assuming Joe has a prediction there. I'm going to give my prediction as to where I think Earl Thomas is going to land. I've given it some thought, and I am convinced Earl Thomas will be a Dallas Cowboy. So, uh, so is that what you're going to go with? Yeah, I was going to go with that. It, <laughs> I saw the report that came out that that's what they wanted. They wanted Jamal Adams before mm-hmm. for, a, for a big-name safety, so it makes sense yeah. to go. Um, but there were some some rumors that would go to other teams. I had that's funny. I, he was the third best safety in the NFL, in my opinion. Right, but right, um, only below, only above him were Minka Fitzpatrick and Jamal Adams. So I had him at five, and there's Jamal Minka, Derwin James, and and Anthony Harris. I had above him. Um, I yeah, we both think he's going to go to Dallas. Like Joe said, they were really interested in Jamal Adams. They were they were trying to trade for him, and that trade fell through. Obviously, he went to Seattle. But now another top safety is on the market, and their secondary is severely lacking at this point. Uh, the, the real threats in their secondary is really like comes down to Ha Ha Clinton Dix and Chidobia Woozy. And obviously, we know neither of them are like star caliber players in this league. Um, they lose Byron Jones, their clear number one corner. So he would be a big addition for that defense, to say the very least. That's already kind of filled with stars. And they just lost one in uh, Gerald McCoy. Obviously, we saw the video of him, him going down with a really rough injury there out for the season. So I think. Earl Thomas to, to Dallas as much as it pains me to say. So, um, of course, it comes down to the dreaded question I, I sent you an Instagram DM about. Do you still have the Baltimore oh. Ravens winning the Super Bowl without? Because oh. you, you said it depends on the return from the trade. Boy, it's what, close. <laughs> Boy, it's close. Boy, it's close. And so I haven't given, I don't know. I do not know. I haven't given much thought to it. Um, my gut instinct, uh, I don't even have a gut instinct because I honestly thought it was really close between Kansas City and Baltimore before. Um, I predicted Baltimore, obviously, as you mentioned. They got, oh, I think I'm still saying Baltimore. You're still as shocking as it may be, because obviously we know that most Super Bowl winners from an annual standpoint have a lot, have locked on secondary units. Um, we know that. We can pretty confidently say that. And obviously, they lost one of the biggest pieces of that secondary. But you still look at that team, and you still see they have, in my opinion, two top five corners on the same team. And Chuck Clark is still—he's still nothing to be scoffed at. He's still a good top. He's on the better half of the safeties in this league. Um, and then obviously, they still have a solid pass rush: Matt Judon, Calais Campbell. Um, that team is still looking nice. Okay, I don't exactly know how much if they had to like eat money. 
for cutting Earl Thomas. I'm not like I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know much about Cap to be honest. It's kind of a confusing topic. Um, but I, I'm still gonna have them winning. Uh, I just think there's so many aspects. That defense is just so good on all levels of the ball. Still, like they they just still have like one Pro Bowl star caliber player at like every level of the field at least. And it's just so tough for me to see that defense and be like, and just like not have them winning the Super Bowl. And you look and they still have a top three quarterback, a plethora of good running backs, a very good offensive line, the top five tight end. Now, Kansas City is amazing. Don't get, don't get me wrong. If Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, I'm not going to be upset. I'd rather Kansas City win the Super Bowl, but I think Baltimore's got it still. Uh, that's an interesting take. I know. It was certainly a smaller deal that Earl Thomas leaves the Ravens than, per se, Tyron Matthew leaves the Chiefs. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a bigger hit if uh, if Tyron Matthew left. So it's like the, the two-star safeties there. Um, yeah. it, it's hard to tell. It is. Um, that's your prediction. I'm not going to I'm not gonna hate you for it because I can see it going either way. Um, but I've stuck mm-hmm. with it before. I might as well stick it out. It's <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'd rather Kansas City win. If it comes down to an AFC championship, I don't care what my prediction is. I'm, I'm going to be rooting <laughs> for Kansas City. Honestly, oh, yeah. being a Steelers fan, you know how we feel about Baltimore. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, um, while we're on the topic of safety, this is a discussion I've seen. Um, if there's one player you were going to add to the Steelers roster, you don't have to worry about cap space, you don't have to worry about anything else. Who are you adding to the Steelers roster? I just want to. Okay. So the obvious answer is Patrick Mahomes, right? <laughs> it's tough. I'm gonna take this differently, and I'm gonna say like, can I add a can I add a twist onto this? You may add as many twists as you wish. I'll add a twist here, and I'll ask you this as well. Who, what, what player are you adding onto the Steelers roster that did not make your top ten players list oh. overall? Overall, like the top ten in the league. That's <laughs> what I wanted because it's because obviously it's obviously like. Well, obviously, I want to add Patrick Mahomes, but then number two, I'd add Aaron Donald. Number three, well, whoever your number three player was, you know? <laughs> like, for <laughs> me, it didn't make my top 10 list. So, my mind goes to Saquon Barkley immediately. That's like the first thing. Or, ooh, you know what? My, uh, there's my, you could, I could still go quarterback and say, like, Lamar Jackson, because he didn't make my top 10 list. I don't, he made yours, I think. Yeah, I could go mm, Julio Jones. Oh, Julio Jones is enticing. That is us. That I'm going player. Julio Jones. I'm going Julio Jones. I don't even care. Because Julio Jones, you add him to this team, and you saw what Juju Smith-Schuster did when he was the number two receiver. So that's like you add Julio Jones to the mix. That's like adding two guaranteed 1,000-yard receivers, basically. No, I already had Julio Jones on my top ten list, so that makes it a little bit um, for me to make a – did I, actually? Oh, no. I, I did not have one. Now I switched. I switched my top ten player list around a lot, like last minute. So I'm not really sure. Like right before the show, I switched up and I didn't actually like write it down. I just like wrote lines and stuff. So I'm not really sure. Um, but my right away, I, my mind went to Tyron. You play him opposite really? Patrick, and that's the best defense in the league, in my opinion, because that's the the biggest hole is obviously um in that strong safety position um mm-hmm. where it's such a mystery. But Tyron Matthew, you bring like a solidified top, at least top ten. I don't know where you had him. I he was number five on my list for the top ten safeties. I and, think I'm um, a six. You know, it's it's him and Harrison Smith. Like 
are the two players that came to mind like right away as like yeah. big hitting keys that could really play opposite Minka Fitzpatrick and have some some major upside there. But if I'm yeah. gonna go on the side of the ball where there's more questions, it's probably someone you know, like Julio Jones or maybe mm-hmm. um like Mike Evans even to an extent. That I say I I said Julio because obviously um we both know what that Steelers defense did this year. We all know that the offense at least this year was this was the team was the side of the ball that needed the most help. That defense is going to hold their own this season. Uh, they have the personnel to do it already. But I feel the offense is where the question marks are, and especially just in the receiving game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, there are a lot of question marks on the offense. But I think that if you have a receiving game that's that reliable, that you have Julio Jones, and now you have him, and take some of that pressure off of Juju to where he can possibly perform like he was performing with Antonio Brown, putting up almost 1,500 yards, um, I think that just brings so much stability to that offense. Not I can believe either, personally. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because for years the offense was the stronger side of the ball. Now it's the yeah. defense. I don't Dude, know. This is the first time in my years of watching the Steelers that we've actually like I actually understand what it's like to have like a smothering defense. <laughs> yeah, the, I saw the Steelers had a turnover on nineteen percent of like defensive like drives or however like you defensive. Yeah, I'm, that's. I'm, 19% of the time the defense on the field, they had a, a turnover, which is crazy. I'm pretty sure it was, it was very high. Yeah, that's, uh, that's nuts. That might even, it might have been even one, but I'm not, I'm not going to say that for sure. Either way, some interesting talk here, but yeah, we're going to want to get into our um, bold opinions for the NFC North, which is, of course, the Bears, Packers, Lions, and Vikings. Um, indeed, indeed we will. I believe, so, if I'm not mistaken, I'm starting it off this time. I do think you are. So I'll start off. I'll start off with last year's division one here, Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers. This is where I'm starting. So my first one, this guy's. We've seen some stuff come out about him recently. AJ Dillon, rookie running back, puts up six plus touchdowns this season. Is what I'm going with. We saw the picture come out, or like pictures from training camp come out of AJ Dillon recently, which is what I was referring to. He's ripped. He's jacked. He's humongous. <laughs> and you you saw him in college put up the production, put up all those touchdowns. And while Aaron Jones should be the clear number one running back moving forward, um, A.J. Dillon's a feast. They're going to give him some goal line touches. Obviously, we know those were Aaron Jones's before. But I think when that team gets on the red, gets to the red zone, they're going to be a team that's going to be looking to pass. And <laughs> You just look at it. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that's not been making the dicey throws. When you're in the red zone, everything is harder. It's harder to run. It's harder to pass. It's just harder to be an offensive team in the red zone. That's why you see a lot of field goals happen in games. Um, and I just think Aaron Rodgers has lost some of his, his riskiness. He doesn't make those dicey goal line throws as much anymore. That offense recent years has been running it just at a, at a lot higher of a rate than they had been ever before. And I think you're going to start to see A.J. Dillon get some of those carries, get some of them. I think he gets six-plus touchdowns this season, most of them being on the goal line, if not all of them. That's a prediction. Now, um, I really don't care about A.J. Dillon at all, but I guess I'll just agree with it. I can definitely see that happening. Yeah, he's he's so big. It's crazy. He's like Saquon 1.0. Obviously not like <laughs> Saquon, but um, I guess. I don't know. It's an inter- it's, a, it's a good take. I like the take, um, but it's not something I really thought about a lot. But my first prediction about the uh, Packers here is about Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to be that Aaron Rodgers is really going to begin to show 
his age, like in the utmost. I think he's, you already started to see it this year. You mentioned it when we were talking about Devontae Adams and, um, and Aaron Rodgers and the quarterback and wide receiver top 10 list a ways back. How his Aaron Rodgers thought, is, yeah, he's not making the dicey throws, as you've just said. He's, um, he's throwing the ball a little bit shorter. Um, and I think he's, I think he's going to turn into more of a Drew Brees type player. <clears throat> We're not going to be seeing him, him make those 40 yard throws, those 50 yard throws downfield. Um, if at all, very little bit, um, which might, you might see some, some decrease in, in Devontae Adams stats. Um, but that, that's what, I, that's what I'm looking at there. I think he's going to start making a lot more shorter throws. I might turn less, more into like a West coast type offense instead of the, mm-hmm. the more vertical style offense that they've been running for like a really long time. Yeah. So you said that you could see him turning into a Drew Brees type guy. I know what you mean, but I had Drew Brees in my top five quarterbacks. So <laughs> personally, uh, um, obviously, like I said, he's getting he's getting less risky, like I've mentioned many, many times. But I'm still going to disagree. I think Aaron Rodgers is still going to have a good season personally. And um, I think he's always a guy that's going to have a crazy quarterback rating. He's always going to have a crazy touchdown interception ratio. He's always going to be an accurate thrower of the ball. And that's just really what you need to be able to have a, like longevity in your career as a quarterback. And that's what you really need to just be able to continue to play in the old years and be not someone that's relying so heavily on athleticism or arm strength or this or that. Aaron Rodgers is a student of the game, despite the talk. Um, he has a very high football IQ still. And I still seeing him continue to be a top 10 quarterback for at least a few more years now, whether that be in Green Bay or otherwise, if Jordan Love has takes over at some point. But I still think Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to be a soft quarterback. He's going to continue to to be at relatively the same level he has now, is what I'm saying personally. I mean, I didn't say he was going to have a bad year. I was just going to say he's going to show his age a little bit more. You know, Tom Brady showed his age. It didn't mean he'd be bad. But you you can shoot it in a different way. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think he's going to – I'm just saying he's going to stay just about how he is now, is what I'm saying there. But I'm – my next one, the Smith brothers, Zadarius and Preston Smith, uh, both put up double-digit sacks this year, is what I'm saying. So both of the Smith brothers made my top 10 on-ball linebackers list. Zadarius Smith at number 5, Preston Smith at number 10. And um, obviously, Zadarius Smith put up double digits. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Preston Smith was really close, but I don't think he did. I think he put up 9 or 9 and a half. Yeah. yeah so- it was close. But I'm obviously they're still relatively young. Zadarius Smith is very underrated. Not a lot of people I've not rank him in the top five, let alone not a lot of people rank him in the top ten, let alone the top five. I had him in the top five. Zadarius Smith is a beast from a statistical standpoint and just from the eye test. There's there's no standpoint that you look at him if you actually are watching for Zadarius Smith and you say he's not a top ten in his position. Zadarius Smith is an absolute beast. He's a he's very fundamentally sound and Preston Smith as well. Um Zedaria Smith could easily go for 14 sacks or above. I don't think Preston Smith is at that level at this point in his career. But I see them both putting up double-digit sacks on that defensive line. Or, I guess they're not technically on the defensive line. They're going to be rushing from the defensive line. Kenny Clark has got the run game. That's the one thing that we know about (laughs) that that package defense. Kenny Clark is the only one doing anything in the run game now that Blake Martinez is out. And um, and that's the take. Smith brothers both both taking uh, 10-plus sacks. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, just because they were super close to it this year, I can imagine they're going to get worse. Um, that's not, I like that take. I like that take. Um, my next take is something I don't think – I think you're probably going to disagree with this just because your first take, you think that 
Mr. Dillon is going to have a little bit of a bigger impact on the team this year. I'm saying that Aaron Jones is going to rush for 1,000 plus yards this season. Um, he, I, I don't, he was close to it last year. I don't, of course, I don't know the, the exact numbers, but um, just based on my first take, I think, yeah, I think they're going to be running the ball more this year. Aaron Jones is the number one running back for that team. And it's, it's, it's still not close. He's going to be the lead guy. Um, I couldn't imagine a situation where his yards per carry is like that low that he does not mm-hmm. make one. Um, I just think that's, that's pretty likely a thousand yards for Aaron Jones. So you said you thought I was going to disagree with that one. I'm going to agree with you there. Um, like you, like you said, Aaron Jones is still the main back there. And while I think AJ Dillon's going to put up touchdowns, I think AJ Dillon's really only going to be a threat at the goal line. Is uh, he's just so big and bulky, and looking at his college production and just his play style in college, I don't think that really fits the Green Bay offense to the point where they're going to be able to use him as like an every down back. So obviously, I still think Aaron Jones is going to keep up that production that he had last year and more, get a thousand yards a season. Bam, bam. You'll let my mom in now. All right, I'll give my take while you're gone. And then I'll, I'll, I'll give my take now, and then I'll refresh him when he comes back. So my take here for the, the team that I have winning the NFC North now, the Minnesota Vikings, is Eric Kendricks puts up 100-plus tackles and three-plus interceptions. Um, last season, I had him. we both had him ranked, actually, as our second overall off-ball linebacker, only second to Bobby Wagner. He's obviously a beast. He's one of the best linebackers in the game, and we know that he's one of the linebackers that's able to really step back in the pass coverage game more so than many other linebackers. Um, Aaron Kendricks, Joe's coming back now, so I'll let him know about the take. My take was Eric Kendricks puts up 100-plus tackles and three interceptions plus. So I, I, w- I was saying here, Eric Kendricks is one of the most productive linebackers in tackling, and he's been one of the more productive linebackers in pass coverage we know. And um, he's put up a couple, I think he had a pair of interceptions this season, if I'm not mistaken. But I think he jumps up a little bit in that pass coverage game with the loss of Xavier Rhodes. I think they're going to have to lean on him a little bit more there. And he's going to get those three interceptions, and he's still going to put up 100-plus tackles, as we know that he's extremely capable of doing on that defensive line unit that has lost a lot of their players. Michael Pierce opted out. Linval Joseph is gone now. Iverson Griffin is gone now. And Daniel Hunter is obviously more of an edge rusher than a run stuffer. So I think Eric Kendrick is still going to have to be relied on there a lot more. I think Anthony Barr's tackles numbers are also going to go up. But Eric Kendrick is going to stay with the 100-plus tackles, and he's going to get the three-plus interceptions. So I'm going to win. Um, yeah, that, that's a good, I, mean, I agree with that. I always end up agreeing with your takes. Um, that seems like a lot of tackles, but yes, we all know that he is one of the more productive tacklers in the NFL at the moment. So, um, that's a, I like that. And my first take here is about the rookie wide receiver, Justin Jefferson. I think that Justin Jefferson will have 850 plus receiving yards this season, just because Stephon Diggs, um, obviously did very well with, with Adam Thielen there. And he is not as good as, as Stephon, um, Stephon Diggs, but he is a similar player type. Hopefully he can, he can put up similar um, statistics there. I like him out of LSU. Uh, he played a lot mm-hmm. with Joe Burrow, which is not that much different than Kirk Cousins, really. Um, we've made that player comparison a good bit. Um, so hopefully they can drive. And that's what I'm thinking, 800-plus yards. So it's really close for me, but I'm, uh, I'm going to disagree. I'm sorry. If you would have said 800, I would agree. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it's really close um, because it kind of ties into my pick here, which is that Justin Jefferson. How do I, I, I don't want to word this. 
um, Justin Jefferson by the end of the season is considered a top tier wide receiver too. That's what I'll say. And that's how I'm going to word things. Uh, like you said, coming out of LSU, the reason I think I believe we know that he he was kind of Jamar Chase's sidekick this year, um, an absolute stud college receiver there. But I I think uh, Justin Jefferson probably had top three wide receiver potential if he was able to be the number one guy in college and really put up those stats of a number one guy. But obviously, he will be the the number two guy there. Uh, their coach had talked about how he's going to be a clear starter moving forward. And uh, I just really love the production he's going to have there. He's really Kirk Cousins' type of receiver, like you mentioned. And I just – I see him putting up, like, right about at the 800 mark is where I'm saying. Like, maybe 770-something or something. You know, right about at that 800 mark is where I'm thinking. Because, it, obviously, it's tough to to say rookie – like, rookie receiving yards because you just don't know with that stuff. So I'm going to play it safe here. It's darn close, I'll tell you that. Andrew 50 receiving yards is not a stretch. Or, yeah, that's not much of a stretch at all. I could easily see that. But my pick there, Jefferson, top wide top tier wide receiver two town. Yeah, I get it. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about Dalvin Cook here and his contract situation. He, you know, there's he talked about it. Um, and I think that Dalvin Cook will get the next big running back contract. It's not going to be as big as Christian McCaffrey, but I think he's going to get it. Um, that's not too bold because he's, he's very good, but I think he's, he's really, he's betting on himself this year as the phrase goes. Um, and, ho- and as long as, as long as the injuries don't mess him up too bad, I really, I cannot imagine a situation where, um, the Vikings don't resign him and pay him a lot of money because he's just been such a, such a vital part of that offense. Um, yeah. this year, was a, it was really a run first offense. You've mentioned that, um, pretty much everyone knows that, that he was, he was the heart of that, that offense this year. So, as far as running back good, I really think, um, he's, yeah, he's going to get that big contract. I agree with you there. Um, Dalvin Cook, I've said it a bunch. If the season ended at week eight, Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the league. Um, Kevin Stefanski, the current Cleveland Browns head coach, was the offensive coordinator for Minnesota last last season, and that, that offense was centered around Dalvin Cook extremely. <laughs> um, there's, like, you, you, people say he's injury-prone. I think I've mentioned this on on uh, on this podcast before. There's like things coming out about like a doctor discussing Dalvin Cook's injuries and saying, "Well, he's not really injury prone because the injuries that Dalvin Cook has has sustained are like injuries that probably thirty to fifty percent of NFL players have in their throughout the course of their career." But Dalvin Cook is obviously playing it safe, <laughs> and like you would want him to. And it's different when you're starting running back who's taking hits every single play, especially one that gets as much run as Dalvin Cook does when the offense is centered around you. I don't blame him for making those calls. Obviously, maybe they're extremely severe injuries that just like are a severe case of something that a lot of people go through. I'm not sure. But I I wouldn't say Dalvin Cook is injury prone like a lot of people think. I think I had him on my top five running backs in the league. I agree with you there. He's betting on himself now, and I think he's going to be one of the first ones that it actually works out for as that offense is not going to be very good without Dalvin Cook. Definitely not. Um, yep. Yeah. So what next year? So next, I'll go line, or Bears. Bears. I'll say Bears now. So this is one that I've mentioned many times. I don't know how bold particularly it is, but Mitch Trubisky is the week one starter in Chicago. Um, the odds, Las Vegas betting odds, this and that, say Nick Foles 
A lot of people think Nick Foles is going to be the starter. I don't see it. I think Trubisky starts week one. And I might even go as far as to say Mitch Trubisky starts at least the first. I'll, I'll even broaden that and say Mitch Trubisky starts at least the first half of the season. So obviously a lot of people think Foles could Foles could start at the beginning of the season. A lot of people think Trubisky could bench at any time. I don't think Trubisky's a great guy. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback by any means, but I, I think they brought in Nick Foles to kind of push him. I don't think they brought in Nick Foles to be their quarterback. I think they brought in Nick Foles to try to get some more potential out of Mitch Trubisky. I, I see, I'm going to, I'm broadening my, my spectrum here. Mitch Trubisky starts at least the first half of the season. Now, for the first time this night, I do think I'm going to have to disagree with you there. If, if it was just that he was going to start week one, I definitely agree with you because, um, <clears throat> as we've talked about in the show in the past, is that if the, the Bears were really trying to get a quarterback that was going to start over Trubisky, they would have just went out and signed Cam, or they would have traded for someone that, that wasn't as – they weren't going to have to pay so much. They, they, there's a big contract um, yeah. Bulls, but but they obviously went with Bulls because they know that's the person that can try and push him. He's not as – Good, I guess. He's not as much of a threat to Trubisky, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But I, do, I don't think Trubisky's going to start till week eight. Um, I think he's probably going to get get benched at some point for Foles just because Trubisky has had a rough time. And um, yeah. I'm rooting for the guy, but <laughs> it's really hard to see a situation where he, he, he gets to be the long-term starter there for me. But my first, my first Bears take is something um, one of the most – I think I had him as the most underrated player in the NFL. Allen Robinson will have 1,500 plus receiving Ooh. yards. Um, but he's he's done it with the bad quarterbacks in the past. He's done it with Trubisky. He's done it with um, Blake Bortles. Did he? I think he played with Blake, Blake Bortles. Yeah, he did. And he he had the 1,000 yard seasons. Um, reports that I've seen say Allen Robinson looks really good in camp this year. Um, and it's just the the way that the quarterbacks play. They're both they're both. Foles, we all know Foles like to go likes to go for the deep on, and Allen Robinson mm-hmm. is going to kill Nick Foles, um, and even Trubisky, who might not be as willing to throw the deep ball, is not scared. He's not scared to throw the deep ball, and hopefully, Allen Robinson can go up there. He's going to have to make some crazy catches. But I'm saying 1,500 plus receiving this season. So, I love Allen Robinson, but I'm going to have to disagree with this one. I oh. think <laughs> Allen Robinson could easily. Go for he's gonna go for over a thousand, right? He's he could easily go for twelve hundred. So I just I think fifteen hundred is so difficult to predict. That's like Julio Jones numbers. And while I love Allen Robinson, I just if he had a better quarterback, yeah. But it's just so tough for me to see that because while I think Trubisky starts with the first eight weeks, at some point we can bet that there's gonna be a quarterback shift at least once. And that's so tough for a receiver to put up those numbers with a quarterback shift going from one mediocre quarterback switching to another mediocre quarterback that plays a completely different way. It's just so tough for me to look at that and see, and see Allen Robinson coming out. And, you know, obviously he's, and he's had some injuries in the past, I'm not saying that he's going to do that again, but it's just tough for me to see 1500 there for him. It could happen, but that, that definitely, that's definitely, I just can't visualize it, but <laughs> I want for the very bold take. Yeah. I went for the bold ones there. Um, but I'm I like to pick. I, I think I'll, I, I put a wager on it, but I'm not a betting man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my last Bears take: um, the man had a bit of a down season this year per se. Khalil Mack 
once again puts up 10 plus sacks. Um, we saw this year he had a down season. We, we can agree with that from a statistical standpoint, from his defensive player of the year type season that he had two years ago. Well, Mac, he's still a beast. We just know that he's facing all these double teams and triple teams and this and that. But I, ju- I just see him getting better. I think bringing in Robert Quinn is a big thing there because it's a lot tougher to double team Khalil Mack when there's someone that has double digit side capabilities on the other side rushing. And it's a lot tougher. That's something that you see when the hometown Pittsburgh Steelers a lot, where it's TJ Wise, they would have a very good season last season because it's really tough to like double and triple team TJ Watt because they know Bud Dupree's someone over on the other edge. They can put out time plus sacks. So it's tough for me. I mean, it's tough for me to visualize teams being able to double and triple team him nearly as much as they did this season with a guy like that on the other side. And we're going to see Roquan Smith elevate his game, I'm sure, and start to and continue to, to elevate his game and maybe have a breakout season like a lot of people are predicting. Danny Trevathan is still a relatively solid middle linebacker there, and they obviously have a, a very good secondary unit. Akeem Hicks still very good on that defensive line. And um, that team's going places. That defense, say what you want about the offense, that defense is still stellar. Cleo Mack breaks out of the slump that he had last season, 10-plus sacks. So um, I agree with it because it leads right into my own prediction here, is that the Bears will once again have a top eight defense in the league. I originally had five. I think five is a little bit, is a little bit, weight is like a little bit too bold. I'll, I'll say five is a little bit too bold. But I don't think eight is that bold. Um, some have said that, I mean they, they did not have a great defensive year this year down from the year before but they, yeah they still have the main the main core of the great players they still have someone people said that Cleo Mack was almost as good as Aaron Donald back when he played with the his first year with the the Bears there um yeah I just I just can't imagine a place where they get they get worse they made some great some good signings they mm-hmm. dealt with a couple of opt-outs I guess from the season this year due to COVID-19 but um, yeah I can't see them getting getting any worse. I can't see them being worse than top ten, especially. Um, oh yeah, but top top five is a little bit bold. But that was the original. So uh, I'm gonna agree with you here. Like I said, that's just a very star-studded defense on all levels. Even in the secondary, you see Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller. Sadly, you will not see Artie Burns this season. But such is life, I guess. Um, but yeah, I agree that that Bears is studded star studded defense, and if Khalil Mack has a breakout season once again, like I'm predicting, they're going to be very very good once again. So, I guess here we move on to the last team in the NFC North, the Detroit Lions. So, um, here my first take here, I guess I'll go with which one do I want to go? I'll go with the first one. No, I'll, you know, here I'll go with the the more broad take. I guess first, DeAndre Swift gives Detroit Lions the feature back that they've been missing for years is my prediction here. Um, as long as I've been watching football, the best running back the Lions have had was Theo Riddick. And now, obviously, on Johnson wasn't bad. But I think DeAndre Swift really has star potential. I, I think DeAndre Swift is the best running back, personally, in this draft class. And I think he's going to be the first real star back that they've had since possibly Barry Sanders. Uh-huh. There, he's just going to be the first feature back, uh, a three-down back that they've had in years that they can just put in the game and trust to carry that rock and carry it efficiently. And I think he's a big piece to that Detroit Lions team moving forward, which I think is really pointed in a good direction there with a solid core of Stafford, Galladay, and, and DeAndre Swift there. 
So I think Swift, like I said, DeAndre Swift to give Detroit the feature back they haven't had in years. Um, once again, I'll agree with it because it leads right into my own take here. As my take is that the Lions offense will be the most improved offense in the NFL. And it mostly comes down to me is that they're, um, <clears throat> is that Matthew Stafford is coming back off his almost whole year injury there. I think it was all but four weeks that Stafford was out due to, to his broken back. Um, and, and obviously they had very uh, lackluster quarterback play without him in there. Um, but not to mention, yeah, the moves they made this offseason, Kenny Galladay is is one of the most promising players in the league. Um, they saw Marvin Jones Jr., who is, who is still one of the better wide receivers in the league, one of the most promising mm-hmm. tight ends, Hawkinson. And then, and then, yeah, DeAndre Swift is someone that I really liked out of the draft. I was really um, almost excited to see him, him go to the, the Detroit Lions, where he's really going to have an opportunity to, to, to get a lot of playing time because, yeah, as we know, their running back woes have been, have been long and hard. So, yeah. of course, just like many teams, it's our offensive line that's a little bit suspect, but hopefully Stafford has played with bad offensive lines for a long time. So <laughs> I'm yeah. sure he can. And it's going to be harder for DeAndre Swift with a bad suspect offensive line. Um, but, but um, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm for there. So I'm going to agree with that one again. Um, like you said, Galladay, Marvin Jones, DeAndre Swift, Matt Stafford. And this guy that is, leads me into my next take, TJ Hawkinson, uh, puts up. 700 plus yards this season he was a first round pick last season top 10 pick last season even um you saw the first game he put up a crazy stat line but then after that he just seemed to kind of fade out a bit there were a few injuries there and obviously matt stafford going down plays a part in that but i see matt stafford coming back a guy that's been able to target tight ends in the past i think tj hawkinson is the guy there in in detroit in the tight end position he's going to put up 700 yards and I, him and Noah Fant are going to prove to be well worth their, their first-round picks. Oh, yeah, definitely. My, um, my take is also about TJ Hawkinson, and I believe that he is going to have seven-plus touchdowns. He is he's a big guy. Um, he's definitely more of an, a red-zone receiving target there. And they also have Jesse James, the former tight end for the Steelers. She was also very big. Um, they, so they have... But, yeah, I said Jesse James puts up seven touchdowns. So, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but TJ Hawkinson is one of the most promising players, um, maybe even in the league right now. Um, yeah, he, he was picked very high for, for uh, a good reason. And as long as Matthew Stafford this year, I can really see him exploding, having having a lot of touchdowns. Um, seven mm-hmm. isn't exactly, but considering last year, yeah, he was, he was plagued with injuries and um, didn't have a great rookie year. Hopefully he can. He can turn around, and that's what I'm looking for. Looking for. It's the last take of the day, and I agree with it there. TJ Hawkinson, he's going to be a beast this season. Um, look for him. He's really on the come up. And like you said, he's a big body. When you get down in the red zone, big bodies are exactly what you're looking for. And DeAndre Swift is not selling us a power back to be able to, you know, doink that thing across the goal line. Obviously, carry on Jones. Their, best, their power back is Bo Scarborough, who's nothing, <laughs> nothing special, to be honest. So they're going to be looking to pass to TJ Hawkinson a lot moving forward in the red zone. So I agree with that one. So there we go. Our our takes there, bold predictions for the NFC North. Good stuff there. Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Lions. Um, as per usual, some agreement, some disagreement. But such is life there. Such is life. Um, it's always, it's all, yeah, it's always interesting to see. I always say this after we do our episodes. It's always interesting to see to see what we what our opinions are and um, just a little bit more of, of our sports opinion, 
of our sports opinions here. Um, yeah. So I, just recently, I've been like super excited for the NFL coming back. Like I'm counting down the days until September 10th where I get to see NFL come ball come back into to such. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for to see. I'm ready for fantasy oh, particularly. But it's like I want to get fantasy going like as soon as possible, which is like one thing in my mind. But another thing in my mind, it's like probably wait until like the weekend before the season to actually do it because like you know maybe there's more opt-outs maybe there's injuries maybe someone wants to hold out for a contract like we've seen um it's like you know what what's happening here like it's always better in my brain it's like i should wait but also it's like i really want to do it as soon as possible (laughs) i was um i was about to put a poll on our uh colton and joe show instagram story today Asking if anyone wanted to be in a fantasy football league, um, but I, I didn't because I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and get a Colin and Joseph fantasy league started, and then I will win it. Oh yeah, say that now. We are fantasy pros. I was, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's hard for me to like get in a lot of leagues. I know my main league was the one that that you just um that I was in with you, and I didn't really know anyone that was in there. So I want to get in one with people from my school. But there's like no one from my school that wants to do a league. Um, that they don't have like but there's no like it's just for like no one wants to do it for fun league. Everyone wants to do a league where they have to like pay and get in. And yeah. there's a couple people that like that are like actually good at fantasy football and I think it'll be like an actual like really fun challenge to um to draft and not have to like really strategize and think and, and yeah. make sure you start the right players. But then like, I don't really wanna have to like pay to get into a league. Especially if like the season um gets cancelled this year. Um, which I really don't want to happen, <laughs> but if it did, like, are they just gonna take my money? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know what that. That's like where I'm at. Obviously, I'm probably gonna try to. I don't know. I'll probably end up in some elite. Probably end up in a money league this year. I did it two years ago, and that I found at least in my school, that's the only way to get a league going that everyone pays attention to. It's yeah. just so tough, and you that's- know what? I enjoy, I enjoy fantasy football. Whether or not there's money involved, obviously, but you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed the money league still. You, it was just a fifteen dollar one, and then winner got like a couple hundred bucks still. Which you know, it's I, you lose fifteen bucks, whatever. It's like an amount of money for me that if I lose fifteen bucks, it's like whatever. But you know, maybe you gain a couple hundred. You know, that's a big deal as a sixteen year old. So yeah. I'll probably join at least one this year. But maybe I don't know. I really- be in an active fantasy football league where everyone cares about it the whole time but at the same time i find it hard to believe that my parents would ever let me like spend money to get into a fantasy football league because it's like gambling you know yeah. which that is what it is i don't know if my mom even knew that i was in, in the fantasy league <laughs> right, actually i was in it but she, i don't know if she knew i paid 15 dollars for it <laughs> yeah that, that'll, that'll be a secret for for us and the colton and joshua listeners if you ever see mrs talpas don't tell her that um Colton spent fifteen dollars to get into a fantasy football league. <laughs> yep, and I may do it again just so everyone can freaking pay some attention to it because it's yeah. it's going to be even tougher to get a league organized this year just because I'm only going to be in, we're doing like half the school goes in for two days and then no one's in for Wednesday and then half the school goes the other day so I'm not like going to be in person with a lot of people you know so it's like obviously you know we're in a world of technology to where I can still see like message people but it's still a lot more difficult to get things coordinated when it's not in person yeah definitely um i know like the second league we did that like started halfway through the year um he wanted to do one again 
but uh, it's it's hard for me to like I don't know and like I don't know if I that really want that to be my main lead because because it was like two weeks in and everyone decided they didn't want to like worry about that anymore. <laughs> I still have my kid's phone number saved in my phone. Oh, really? Even though I've never met him in my life, he has the same name as me. Oh yeah, it's spelled differently. Yeah, it's spelled the normal way. Yeah, that's everyone. Any time I like anyone mentions like this, I don't really tell that many people from my school that I that we do the podcast because I don't know if it's any different for you, but a lot of times I'll just get blamed for <laughs> because like unless it's big, then people are just kind of like wow. But um, every t- anytime anyone looks it up, they always spell your name wrong. Like every single time, I always put an O in it instead of an I, and I always have to fix it. Yeah, uh, it's my dad always teases that my mom wrote my name wrong on the birth certificate. There's <laughs> no one. My I don't know why it's spelled like this. It's just funky, but whatever. It's it's unique. That that that's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yep, That's what I'll say. Some there's some big Colton and Joe show progression news. Um, as we hit 100 listens. Just a few days ago, there was, um, so through 30 episodes, we're averaging, averaging just a little bit more than three, um, three listens per episode, which is not bad, I guess, as far as just the starter podcast when we're, we're grinding, where we can upload pretty consistently. It's just 31. Yeah. I, it was, it was 80. It was like 82. It was like, it was like 86. I don't check up on them that often before we, we started the bold prediction series here. And we yeah. get a lot. I think we get more interactions from it on the Instagram page. And since we put the timestamps in there, I think a lot of people will just, will just check it out and just skip right to it. Um, which, of course, my, it is what it is. It's a listen. <laughs> it is a listen. You know, maybe they like what we have to say and they feel like sticking around. Who knows? That's, that is the plan. And that's, it's, it's cool to see our, our, uh, our time spent paid off. I was going to say, like, hard work. I know I mentioned that before, as it's not really a lot of work. <laughs> it's not like take that much time out of our day um takes like two hours out of our night <laughs> yeah most of the time uh dedicated to the podcast is just waiting for it to download on the computer which is annoying but um that is what it is yeah, I'm i just i just write down stuff on my notes app on my phone and then copy it to this notebook <laughs> and then speak i remember to write down the timestamps because i was i either like just do it and just upload it and then go right to bed if I'm really tired or um, I'll forget about it and you have to do it. And I kind of feel bad about that. You've had to do it twice, which I know like yeah, it's not really. It's not cool. <laughs> it always, it's like, easy enough. <laughs> yeah. All I have to do is like listen to it for and just skip to like when we start talking about the other team. But yeah. I forgot when, we, when you switch teams, I didn't write down what time it was, which is all right. It's, it's somewhere in between 20, 28 and 35, 42. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go but yeah it's just the bold predictions have been going well I've been enjoying this this series as a whole here there are a I few teams that are like Houston it was tough to figure out one for Houston because they're just like boring yeah it was I was hard for me to think of a second prediction for the um for the Lions but I did I that's why I, I thought out the TJ Hawkinson will get an above average amount of touchdowns for a tight end so. I had to get a third and I'd probably say something about like Trey Flowers, like how many sacks he gets, are like. Originally, my thing was Matt Stafford would lead the league in and passing yards. What was what I was going to say originally, but I actually have someone else in mind now that I think is going to lead the league in passing yards. So <laughs> we'll get to him a little because I have actually like ev- every stat leader as a prediction, 
at some point. You just haven't seen a lot of them because most of them are in the NFC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think all I've had for stat leaders so far is interceptions and tackles. I don't know if I did. I I don't even remember if I did a sacks one. I think I did actually. Now that I think about it, I think wait, no, I I may or may not have had a a, a sack leader. <laughs> it's like I I think Aaron Donald's gonna lead the league in sacks again just because he's the best defensive lineman in the NFL. Um. But that's not really bold. Like I feel like most people agree with that. Me like, thinking about it now, I think I was actually gonna say that Daniel Hunter would lead the league, but then I didn't. So maybe I actually did say someone else. I, if you got it, I I have my takes already written down for every team, and then I go back and reread them, and then like maybe I don't feel right on some of them, and I go back. Like I had to change. Thus far, every week I've had to at least change one take either change or replace one take. So, obviously, maybe the Daniel Hunter thing was left in the works, or maybe I found someone else in my brain that I remembered, Then I was like, oh, wait, no, they're going to lead the league in sacks. I don't remember. We'll figure out in the next three episodes. So, do you want to do... I, I think we should do the NFC West tomorrow. Um, not tomorrow, but our next day we record. I think you want to do the West or, or whatever. Works for me. Cool. Works mm-hmm. for me, so next week then we got... Our next episode, Seattle, Arizona, San Francisco, and Los Angeles next week. Probably the best division in football, in my opinion. Yeah, probably. Did you see the um the thing that came out that um who was it um Nicole Robert Coleman like his teammates in LA didn't even know his full name or something like that. <laughs> That's weird. It might, it might have just been Jared Jared Goff. I think it might have just been Jared Goff that like didn't know his full name and that's why he like he likes Carson Wentz so much more because he actually like is a good teammate <laughs> I only like remember Nikhil Roby Coleman from his days in Cleveland I I remember him because I was going to do a collab Instagram post with um one of the person that I was going to do a um interview for the first episode but never really worked out with him because he has a job and he's in college um we were going to do like the best top 10 season moves and Nicole Roby Coleman got signed for like pennies on the dollar by the Eagles. Like, it's, he signed for like, it's like $3.6 million for like one. And Nicole Roby Coleman might not be like the best player in the NFL, but he's probably going to start there. <clears throat> yeah. He's, like, he's still. Yeah, uh, that, that team is not good with corners apart from Slay because they yeah. moved Jalen Mills to safety. They had Ronald Darby, who's now in Washington. And they actually they signed Orlando Skandrick for a little bit. <laughs> and I, I used to go on that. Orlando Scandrick was good back in the day, but now he's yeah, he old. used to be good. He's yeah. just he hadn't played football in a while. They signed him to like a year's contract. He played out that year, and now he is, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, once again a free agent. Would you rather have Orlando Scandrick or Ross Cockrell as your starting cornerback? I say Cockrell. Yeah, probably just because he's played. <laughs> yeah, played for the. I can I cannot believe the Giants really resigned him now. That's like dropped like five. Um, and it's just weird. I, it's really probably just the re- um experience in this system, but yeah, he didn't. He didn't the reason Jordan Dangerfield and Daniel McCullers get signed every year. Yeah, that's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Dangerfield could probably stay just because he's so good in special teams, and um, and he's not really like that bad. But Daniel McCullers, there's no way. <laughs> Daniel McCullers can't play special teams. All over on the way up the field in the weight of his body. 
thing. And then have to use his inhaler and lay on the ground for a little bit before he can get back on defense. Yeah. I feel poor Danny McCullough. If you ever listen to the show, it had to feel like kind of bad. We flame him so much, but honestly, like it's so, so nuts to me that apart from Ben Roethlisberger, he is the longest tenured Steeler on the yeah. team. Daniel freaking McCullers. It's wait, he's even been on the league team longer than Mar- um than uh. Or I think, I think I, now that you mentioned, I think it was Big Ben and then Marquise. Yeah, I think and then McCullers and then DeCastro. Yeah. I think he came in between Pouncey and DeCastro. But he's been here for eight years. The cast, yeah, DeCastro really isn't that old, which is, um, he's so good yet. DeCastro uh, is definitely the, like, the gem of the Steelers right now. It's just so weird to me that we've had Daniel McCullers for eight seasons. Yeah, it's weird. It's I, just I, I, like There's a lot of players that are just kind of around. Um, maybe not to the extent of Daniel McCullers, but there are players that just stick around, I guess. But it's usually just, like, randos that, like... Or not randos, but guys that are, like, okay. So it's, like, they're good enough to be in a rock. Like, Arthur Metz was one of those guys. He stuck around for a long time just because he was a solid guy that if you needed him to come in and fill on a spot, he could do it, you know? And he didn't need a lot, he didn't ask for a lot of money. So why not keep him around? Of course, there's the Arthur Metz experience with Deke. Believe <laughs> mm, I've never listened to his whole his whole podcast, but me neither. It's just like I, it's so tough because Deke is so no disrespect to Deke. Um, I don't even know his last name. Me neither. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure he's a cool guy, but he's very biased. Like, come on, he's he's got to know that he's so biased with his takes. He's always on the Steelers train, no matter what, and it's so blatantly obvious. I always I always tend to I wouldn't like, especially when we were doing our list. Um, they were doing some lists as well, just because there was like not, absolutely nothing going on in the sports world. Um, uh-huh. That was something they were um, they were talking about. And it was like it might have been the quarterbacks list, and Big Ben was like four or something. <laughs> I, I would send them to you because they're so weird. Like, like <laughs> the sixth best wide receiver in the league. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They rank. He ranked James Conner in the top ten running back. Or no, he didn't rank James Conner in the top. He didn't go that far. He put Juju in this top ten. He put Big Ben in the top ten. He had Minka at number one. Yeah, that was funky. He's, but there were so I'm, many things. He had the Steelers defense at number one. He said that the best running back in AFC North history was Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I'm tripping, but um, Jimmy Graham, or not Jimmy Graham, Jim Brown. Yeah. <laughs> and Jerome Bettis and Franco Harris. And who else would even make? I don't know who else. Icky Woods, <laughs> and I don't need. Then, there's just old Jamal Lewis. There's so many guys. It's yeah, Le'Veon Bell at number one. It's 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 always weird. He's always interesting. Whatever, Deke. Whatever, Deke. News. Yeah, I guarantee you, they get more listens on their podcast than us. So we can't well, really they, say. Yeah, yeah. They're also, but they have they have a they have a former player. So yeah, Deke. Mar- Arthur Motes. Honestly, Arthur Motes takes aren't always too bad. Like I kind of yeah. Agree. Yeah, I, I like Arthur Metz takes most of the time. Arthur Metz like I kind of like Arthur. Yeah, I've always liked Arthur Metz when he even when he was here, he was a good player. <laughs> uh, the originator of the number fifty-five. Mm-hmm. No, Arthur Metz. I know, obviously, wasn't. Arthur Metz um had to step in when Ryan Chazier went down, and he did not. He didn't play the best, but he he was also like he was also really old. Yeah, he's old, and for a backup linebacker, you're like, what can you expect? A backup yeah. linebacker that was at the age that Arthur Metz was at, you know. 
It was, it was like, yeah, we're going to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, obviously, huh. we've got a new guy donning the number 55 in Pittsburgh. Man of the hour, Devin Bush. And no, never mind. I don't know why I was in my brain. I was like, I've got a Devin Bush autograph over there, but I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's not a Devin Bush autograph. What? <laughs> um, yeah. Arthur Mitz was, was always someone who's, he was always a real team player. He, him and like Charlie Bash were like, I feel like they're like the last of the, the players. My mom like, loved Charlie Bash. My, my mom liked, liked Charlie Bash, but she always liked him because he like, he was never like too worried about, Trying, he never wanted to like try and overtake Ben's spot as like the starting quarterback. Yeah, she loved me. She's just like a really good backup and he did charity. He came to my school one time. Yeah, I don't remember why, but he he, he did an assembly at my school and he did he like has, charity work. And my mom always liked him. Yeah, he has like the Charlie Batch Foundation or something. Yeah. Um, which I always I follow him on Instagram, so I see a ton of posts. From him. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. I I, I respect Charlie Batch. Yeah, that, like hey, yeah, him and like Arthur Motes, they're always like the players. Like they're not. They're willing to stay there and take a pay cut just to say someone that they like. And um, Bruce Gradkowski <laughs> or poor Byron Leftwich or Landry Jones. Yeah. Blend like Landry Jones, he got cut. Um, yeah. He <laughs> had so many injuries. I don't Bruce think Gradkowski I, is just weird. Slide. I just remember every year in Madden, he would always get a silver base card. And, like, you know, whenever you start Ultimate Team, it gives you just a bunch of random, like, bad cards. He was all, every year, Bruce Gradkowski was the starting quarterback when I first got my team. Every year. It was always weird. I know the first year I played, I played Madden Mobile. Um, I haven't played it this year, but now my phone is too old. I couldn't get the new update, so it's now I can't play Madden Mobile. But um, I downloaded it this year to see if I could go look at the trophy room and look at, like, my old team, but I couldn't. You, you might have to, if you want to, like, do the yard in Madden 21, you might have to do some stuff on Madden Mobile this year, which is kind yeah. of weird. Yeah, I just wanted to go back and see if I Because at one point, my team was consisting, every player on my team was over 110 overall. <laughs> so it was insane on Madden Mobile. But it was, t- like, two or three years ago. And you can only see your team from one year ago, one year ago in the trophy room. And I didn't play last year. So there was nothing there. Last year's Madden Mobile was kind of bummy. For at least for me, I didn't, I didn't like last year's Madden Mobile that much. Um, it's, it was so hard to get coins. Like, yeah, you had to really grind out the the stuff to try and get coins. This year they made it easier to get coins, which was fun. Um, I always just grind it up for sets because they would come out with like team of the week sets, and you can get like ninety five overalls from it and stuff. And I would just do those challenges over and over again. Yeah, I re- I really want to get the like ninety five overall Austin Eckler team of the week card or something because he looked super fun to play with he had super fast speed and strength and like truck moving stuff like he seemed like the complete back even though he was only 95 overall um but the sets are always like I, i'm not i don't have the patience to like sit around and play all those challenges over and over again to get the like badges you need to convert into like you get the points you need to convert into the badges and the badges you need to convert into players and then you put a number of players and badges and then you need to start players like yeah, I used to grind out the the challenges every day. I said, I I thought it was fun. So I don't know. Maybe but like when I was younger, I feel like I definitely would have found that super. Like I did find it super fun. Like my first and second year playing Mad Mobile, but then like I just started liking it less and less. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, don't know, I got all my 110 overalls, and then I was just like, okay, this is kind of boring. To where I can get like this kind of team. Just like kind of easily, and all I have to do is do these freaking 
easy challenges over and over again. Yeah, yeah. It's that's always like the Madden Mobile. It's it's like just you just spend a lot of time in the game, or you can spend money and get it really easily. <laughs> yeah, so they make a they make a lot of money off of Madden Mobile. I guess Not yeah, as much. little little kids with their parents' credit card, but. I don't know. Yeah. I, even, I don't have the cable man 21, but even if I could, I don't think I'd get it. Cause it's just like the same game, except for they, yeah, they have the art now. But it, I'm gonna it's get just it. Anything new, like ever. But I'm in a dilemma right now because my EA account's messed up. Cause I was playing, trying to play Madden 21 in Battlefield 5, and um, every time I log in, it says like your EA account is invalid. Go to ea.com to, to for more info. So I go to EA.com and everyone's, it always just says, all you need to do is reset your password. So I reset my password and I still couldn't get into either game. And then I reset it again and I still couldn't get into either game. So I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. I I was um downloading like the new Adobe Lightroom, I guess. It's not really that new, but it's, uh, it's another like picture editing app and it would not let me log into my like Adobe account. Like I have one um, for another Adobe app that I have on my phone. But it like just wouldn't let me log into, it, which yeah. is really weird. Uh, it works really well. But. I have Adobe Spark Post on my phone, but I don't even think I have an account. I didn't think I had an account for it. Then it came in like an autofill for my Google, like it just autofilled uh, and my password and, and login. So I have Photoshop Express, which um, I've had since I originally started making my uh, NFL edits about three years ago. Um, yeah, always been an OG app. I really like the one. There's like a couple of features I really like, and definitely my favorite feature is that you can just press one button and it just like automatically makes it look cool. And sometimes like it's not always perfect. Sometimes I have to fiddle around like with the the stuff because it always makes it look super dark. So you have to turn down like the the shadow and the blacks a little bit, but it always looks super cool. At least to me, I always think it looks super cool. That's what I did for the Thurl Thomas. It like makes it look more clean and crisp and stuff. And then there's like the like the like vigilante, I don't know what it's really called, but it just puts like the cool shadow around the edges, and you, now yeah. you can customize of the of it and stuff. But I just kept it black. I was gonna make it purple, but I didn't. <laughs> I've never done that because they always like kind of look funky. It's fun- it's hard to find like the perfect color to match with the uniform too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm I'm not a a master of the photo editing world by any means. Neither am I. <laughs> not. I thought I thought it looked pretty sick. I thought it looked pretty cool though. The one I made today, because uh-huh. I had like in the background and the NFL logo and like the black. Yeah, I mean, and like the gray and the white fade. Um, so yeah. I thought that was some of my better work as far as the the um the edits I've done for the Colton and Joe Show Instagram account. I did the Jamal Adams one. I think the Jamal Adams one. No, I did the Cam Newton one was the first one, and then Jamal Adams one. Um, and I made uh another one, but I didn't post it. I just put it on the story. And then I made the Earl Thomas one. So for the big news, I try to make it. Yeah. Yeah. I've never attempted to make an edit like that. And I, w- I would probably be no good at it. So I'll leave that to the pros. Leave that to you, Joe. I don't know. I, I can do pretty quick now. Like if I'm, and it doesn't look that bad. But like before, even when I first started, it would take me like 45 minutes to make one and it would look crappy. But now, <laughs> like especially if you look at the first one, obviously like the first Anytime you do anything for the first time, it, it normally doesn't work out fine. That's just that's just how it is. Um, yeah, it's always funny to see like how far I've progressed. I guess as far as that goes. Yeah. Since I like I've ran the, the TSR account and stuff, I it's just I've just spent a lot of time doing it. And over time, it's just 
it's just like second nature, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that's pretty. It's pretty nice. The growth is there, visibly, definitely. Someone what? Someone from school wanted me to take the graphics design class. But there's no, I'm going to take the graphics design class. <laughs> we don't even have one of those. I, I would rather, I would like, if there was like a Photoshop class, I'd take like a Photoshop class. But like, there's no, I'm going to try and like actually draw stuff. I've never been any good at that. Except me for the big, hanging on my, my bulletin board. When I was <laughs> just really, I just decided to draw a picture of Big Ben. But I used course, to draw stuff when I was a kid, but, but not anymore. Not very yeah. good. I don't know. I do like. I actually do think the big one, big Ben one, looks pretty cool. But my um my Sabonis drawing did not turn out well. I I've, I'm sure I've showed it to you before. His yeah. head looks so big. His hands all funky. I like. I did. I know I've told you this before. I did the head one day, and I did like everything else another day. And it's just it just looks weird. <laughs> I wish I would do the background work for the big Ben one though. Like I try to do something like it's just like white behind big Ben now. But yeah, I can see it. That's why I turn my camera around. You guys like, can't see this, but I can see it. I will be able to. Maybe I'll put it on the Coltman Joe Show Instagram story. How do you turn the camera around? Golly. <laughs> Tap on your face. I'm trying to. So I was having some te- technical difficulties for putting oh, it on the camera. Uh, who cares? You've already seen it. So. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't have any drawings on hand from my, from my youth. I, I couldn't draw at all in my youth. I couldn't even... Like, you know, there's the the drawing, like the books that you just colored in, and I was not good at that. I used to be able to kind of draw stuff, but no longer. I'm not a good drawer anymore. That was pretty good. He's, now I can see the, the Big Ben drawing. He just showed up. It's it a pretty good drawing there. I, I like that one. His head is his head looks funky, but <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, artiste. Then there's the, the Sabonis drawing. <laughs> <laughs> head looks up. Like his hands. His hands is, is the Send real problem. I will. I'll, I'll put both of them on the story. You guys can claim Send. them. Send it to Sabonis. Oh, I've, I've, I might have put... I think I put the Big Ben one on my, my Instagram story. But, of course, Big Ben doesn't have Instagram. And um, I didn't put the Sabonis one on my story because it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. I've been thinking about like trying to do something else like that again. But it's just it's so much time. And now there's like, stuff I can actually do. But when I did made these, there was just nothing else to do except just like get around and, and do nothing. Yeah. I don't have any much to do anymore. I just go to the rec center and play some basketball with the boys. That's about it. And then I play Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's more fun than just like sitting on my desk for an hour and a half and then like getting up and getting a drink of water and coming back and sitting here for another hour. Like to just make something that no one is ever going to see. <laughs> yeah, I... I I used to enjoy drawing, but it's not me anymore. Yeah, I get it. But, but as, I've me- as I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, Colton and Joe Show is never going to get political. So don't even try to get us to get political. Ever. Yeah, never. <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. When I, um, when I wanted to, to start the podcast, and then of course, I talked to you about it for a couple of days, and then I realized that no one is ever going to like actually want to be interviewed on the podcast because I'm not anyone cool. Um, and then I just ask you if you want to be like the full time, the full time co, co um host of the podcast, and that was always that's always what I wanted. It's just, it's just I just wanted to be an escape from the reality, the escape from all the politics and and stuff going on in the world. You don't have to listen to that all the time. You can just listen to the sports world, see what's going on, have some fun with, with a couple of 
I just want to talk sports. That's that's the joy of it all. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You already know that's that's what my life is all about at this <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what I involve myself in. Not definitely zero percent politics and it's like ninety percent <laughs> a lot a lot of sports. Yeah. It's it's always the the um it's it's consistent and it's nice. That's why I think I think a lot of people don't like it whenever um the, the sports players talk politics because it's their escape from from all the stuff they don't want to hear about all the time. And then that's that's yeah. that. Whatever. Just don't go on Twitter and you'll never have to see it. Yeah. I I have Twitter and I check it once a month just to see if big, what Antonio Brown's been up to and what the Big I, Ben website's been I'm up to. I'm on Twitter like every day. <laughs> I, I go on stretches. I go on stretches with Twitter. I wouldn't say it's like once a month. It's like once a month I go on Twitter for every day for like a week. And then it's like another month before going on it at all. Twitter's like my basketball news. That's where I, I get like all my real like news stuff there because that's where you get like whoa, Jim Wojnarowski and Shams Charania who are the two main guys that are they're breaking the all the news of the NBA stuff before anyone else. So uh, that's why I originally got Twitter is just so I could I could get the NFL news a little bit quicker. I get the notifications for it still from the the insiders, and that's it's convenient and it's nice. Yeah, it's easier that way because they also are giving you the news of everyone, not just like if you follow accounts, just like your average NFL account, they're not going to give you the news of like a, the backup point guard got traded, you know, like they're not going to say that on an average team. But obviously with me, someone that cares that much about NBA to like really care that the backup point guard got traded. That's when you need you, you're not going to get that from just any. It's actually going to give you that <laughs> that news. Yeah, that's. That's the nice thing. I, I, yeah, I don't, I still don't, wouldn't say I care enough about the NBA to really, um, do that, but it, it, I care about the NBA more and more like every single week, but I'm definitely going to care about it less now that my paces are out. I can't believe that. Yeah, that's just like sad. I'm yeah. sure it's not sad for me though, because I like Miami. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's always fun. Especially, it's more fun for me because, yeah, I don't, like, I don't care about it as much. I'm not so emotionally invested in the teams. But it's like, always more fun when you got a horse in the race. The steal when the Steelers lose for like in the first round of the playoffs, it's like it's a big deal, you know. But my Pacers, it's it's disappointing, but it's not something I'm gonna think about for for more than a couple of days and really be sad about. <laughs> yeah, my Bulls didn't even make it to the bubble, so we got the fourth pick. <laughs> who are you gonna? Who do you think you're gonna get? You think get Lamelo at four? Nah, Danny Avija. <laughs> Danny Adia or Adija, I don't, I'm not 100 percent sure how you say. He's from Israel. Small forward, solid prospect, good passer, solid. Oh, he's an okay finisher. Got got some work there. He's got a he's got a good three point stroke, but a little inconsistent. A little inconsistent. I like Danny Adia. I I like what he brings to the table, to say the least. I think that's who we got it for, but who knows? Mm-hmm. That's always the interesting to see. The draft is. Is what you guys are looking for because there's no hope for the Bulls right now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. New coach, you're getting a new GM too. If I think, um, right, you got so, a new GM. Uh, let's go. Um, so you can get a good draft and then maybe make some free agent moves for maybe trying to catch a star if that's what you're looking for. That'd be nice, but not very likely, sadly. Nobody wants to come to Chicago, or is Chicago not willing to pay. We got money, but no one wants to come here. <laughs> Can't blame them though. Uh, you gotta, you gotta draft your next Michael Jordan, and everyone will want to be a bull. That's the plan. <laughs> oh, that's always the plan. 
That's always the it is. That would be very nice, but you know, I guess that, something done. <laughs> that that's the time there for. <laughs> that's all that was at the end of the show. Is like that's the time. Um, <laughs> it is. It's getting kind of late. I gotta wake up early tomorrow, uh, per usual. Okay. So I yeah. hope you guys enjoy it. If you're still here, <clears throat> we're an hour and a half in, so it'll be probably like an hour and fifteen minutes in for you guys after I uh, I get some work done there. So <laughs> yeah, well. Um... Um, Tuesday. It's been a good one there. Uh, NFC West coming up next episode. Look out for that. More bold predictions coming up. So um, I guess as per usual from us here at the Coleman Joe Show, we are peacing.